at the end of the day, you've got to kind of look back and think, well, I've, I've achieved my dream. Not only being a professional footballer, but um, playing for my boyhood club, which there's not many people who can say that they've played for the team they supported as they grew up. Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to Series 3 of Ross Meets. I'm so excited back to bring you more episodes, more stories and memories from former town players who spoke to me about their careers from the ups to the downs and everything in between. As you know, that is the motto of this series and it's mad to think when I debuted this series back in February 2020 with Adam Tanner, Episode 1, Series 1, the world was a different place. But since then, a year's gone by and COVID has taken over the world, lockdowns, furloughs, football behind closed doors, Paul Lambert sacked as town manager, Paul Cook now in charge. It's been a mad year, and I'm hoping that this series has given you some pleasure during that time. Uh, thank you all for listening in uh, during your walks, during your runs, during your drives to work, or whatever you're listening us to. A big thanks to you guys for giving me feedback, sharing the episodes. I have really enjoyed putting these together and I cannot wait to bring you Series 3. Some great guests lined up once again. So let's get right into it and introduce the first guest of Series 3. And well, what a way to start. It's a really good to be joined and what a great catch-up this was with former town midfielder Luke Hahn. We had a really good chat about his time at town and his career as a whole. Of course, he recently announced his retired from football at the age of 29 because of a back injury. And it was really good catching up with him, talking about progressing through the youth ranks at the club, getting his first team debut under Roy Keane of all managers, then making over 100 plus appearances playing under Paul Jewell, Mick McCarthy, captain the club against Pompey in the FA Cup, scoring live on Sky and getting a man of match award against Wigan. Many memories mentioned in this episode and it was just great to speak to Luke and best of luck to him for his future. Um, I'm sure he's going to do fantastic and I cannot wait to share this episode with you guys. So get comfy, sit back and relax and enjoy Series 3, Episode 1 with Luke Heim. Let's get right into the episode. Let's go. Well, Luke, thank you very much for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, how have you been doing during these weird times? Um, yeah, all good, thanks, mate. Um, say on us, obviously, it's tough times for everyone and you've got to try and stay as positive as you can. Like, everyone's in the same boat. So, yeah, so you just got to keep plodding along and hopefully the um, things will get better soon. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, thanks for your time to sit down and chat to me. Um you know, let's let's start the beginning. I always do this on the podcast about um, the beginning of the player, and you know, you know, of course, you grew up in Itchwich. Um, for yourself, did you always want to be a footballer? Do you have family members that got you into it and stuff like that? Yes, I, I think majority of um, boys at a young age would always want to train to be a professional footballer, and I was no different. Um, obviously. Supporting it, which is um, as I grew up, and then to be able to play for them that was obviously a, a dream come true. Not just for for me, but I think for anyone or for my family, really, mum and dad. Um, so yeah, it's just I'm very privileged to be able to be in that situation and be able to play for your boyhood club. Um, and like I said I had such good and fond memories of when I was there. Say so it was it was difficult growing up, and say you grow up with loads of your friends playing football, and you see loads of um, players getting released, and 
that I was one of them lucky few where I was able to make it to the senior level and say I'm, I feel very privileged and lucky to to be able to fulfil that dream. Yeah, definitely, because you know you. You know, joining the club as a, a very young lad, and um, I'm sure that was always your ambition. You know, were you always a midfielder um, during your time, or did you did you like all of us as as footballers? Young, when we're young, we want to play everywhere on the pitch. Probably not goalkeeper, but you know, were you a, were you always a midfielder? Um, I was actually a right back. Oh, I played a bit in midfield, but then I think when I joined Ipswich and when I was uh, when I was under nines, I had a trial which I didn't get in then two years later I had another trial and I was playing at right back or centre back so through the academy until I'd say maybe until the youth team I was either right back or centre back and then yeah just played a few games in like holding midfield or central midfield just say maybe because I was a bit so I weren't really that tall for a centre back and obviously I did like a tackle so kind of put me into centre mid and it's kind of yeah that how it how it worked out in the end. Have you got any memories of going to any town games when you were you know younger? I'm sure when you get to a certain age, you can't go to many games because you know you're you're a kid and playing Saturday or Sundays or whatever. But um, can you remember any any games that um, stand out for you? Um, one game, I think it was. I think we played like Crew at home. I think we won like six two or something. And I think that was maybe when Darren Bent, Tommy Miller, and Sheffield Coochie were there. Yeah. Say. That was like kind of the time when I was going to quite a lot of games. Um, remember watching the playoff final on TV, and then obviously when they won it, it was just a bit, it was a bit surreal. Obviously, people around the town were obviously going a bit crazy because <laughs> we got promoted. Um, but yeah, like I say, the, the, maybe that crew game where we won, where well, I think it was like six two, one at home. I think that's the game which most probably stands out the most. Where like I was maybe watching a bit more football than. And what I used to when I was younger. Definitely, and of course, you know, joining the club. I'm sure it was a surreal moment. You know, joining your boyhood club, and you know, can you have any early memories of when you first joined? Of course, at the time you're just you know a schoolboy, uh, you know, player. You're not you know you're not properly signed yet, but you're you know playing for the academy, wearing the tracksuit and stuff. What's your early memories of playing for the academy? Yeah, so it's a bit surreal, really. Say when I was under nines, I didn't get in, but then. I weren't really that fussed because, to be honest, like I, I didn't actually want to, didn't want to go. My my dad actually like dragged me to make me go because I was playing for Kesgrave at the time and I was just really enjoying it and I I didn't really have the the aim of doing it at, at such a young age and I, I do always think that with younger kids that you just need to enjoy it more than anything and like I say it's a, it's a very uh, high pressurised system I'd say with academy and like I say you can get parents who are can be a bit pushy at some times, but say, I just think if I was ever lucky enough to have children, then I'd never like pressurise my kids into, into doing anything which I wanted them to do. I'd say need to like let it flow, but say it was just a bit, bit surreal. And then obviously I went back at under 11s, got in, luckily I had one of my best mates who was playing for in the academy at the time, which helped, um, helped me go really as well. And then like I say, after after a few months, you kind of bed in and like I say, get used to the surroundings because it is obviously a bit different going into from local football to the academy. But like I say, I, I really enjoyed my time at the academy. I was, I was very fortunate to to like have a a good progression up until the senior team. 
regarding I didn't have any well didn't have any setbacks as such so so like I say I, I was lucky and yeah you know, I really thoroughly enjoyed my time as academy plan and going into youth team I, I still say them two years of being a scholar were I'd say up to up there with like the best two years I had like just not on the pitch but like just off the pitch like I say when you're a scholar you always have them fond memories with the other players and you always talk to them players just because it's like a, a very uh, unique bond I think for, for teammates so yeah like it, on the whole it was, it was very good yeah because I'm sure you know you're you're all just at that similar age. You just want to be playing football. You know who was in your age. You know who were scholars at that time. Who then also progressed into first team football, even if they didn't at town, but other clubs. Um, like I say, Billy Clark. He mm-hmm. was he's like one of my best mates. So he he played a few games. Um, I had uh, Tom Eastman, who was playing at Colchester now. Um, obviously, I had Connor Wickham, who's a year younger than me. Um, trying to think of uh, Josh Meekins who went to over to Scotland I had one of my best mates Seb Dunbar who plays locally who's like one of the best left backs around in this area um, he's gone on to do really well so like I say yeah, had, we had such a good it was a small group of us there's only I'd say about 16 of us where it's a bit unheard of nowadays but um, youth teams and academies are just full of uh players so like I say we didn't have many players but it made us a very uh, tight-knit group you can sort of say you know sometimes that's like friends for life when you're you know in that sort of that sort of age you know I know a lot of players I've spoken to on this they always they still speak to the players they sort of were rooming with and played you know youth football with and at the time was um was Jim Jilton the manager when you were a scholar at the time so I think, yeah, my first year scholar was Jimmy Jilton and yeah. then obviously Boy King come in halfway through. So, yeah, I think my second year scholar, Boy King, was, was there. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> two very good managers to uh, to be under, really. Yeah. Did you have um, much interaction with Jim? I know you're a youth player, but, you know, sometimes you sometimes interact, at, you know, at the training ground and stuff, but any any interaction with him? Um not that I can recall, to be honest, say I was only a first-year scholar and only just going into the building, really. So, um, no, none, nothing that I can recall, to be honest. Fair play. And then, of course, yeah, Roy Keane got appointed and that was a massive appointment for the club, you know, what a career he had. And this is his second job in management. And, you know, he was, of course, the man that gave you your debut. Um, what was your reaction when you, you found out Roy was going to become manager? And I'm sure you're like, hoping one day you'll get an opportunity to play on the first team. But um, any memories of him getting appointed? Yeah, but it's very surreal because, like I say, he's a... He's a massive name. He was, I'd say, he was my idol growing up. Like watching, watching him play for Man United. Like that's the sort of type of player I was. And it's a bit surreal for him. I used to like look up to him as a player. To then him become my manager, I'd say it was a bit, bit crazy. And like, I think any young player, whatever manager gives them their professional debut, I think you'll always uh, speak uh, fondly of them. Say so he he gave me my my debut and um, say so if he didn't give me my debut then you never know you never know what what can happen in football things can can change very quickly and each way really and say so is a is a very uh, scary character but like at the same time um, he was a 
it definitely uh, brought a lot of discipline into um, me as a person, I think, and what he did to the club. So it, it was very a uh, big appointment for Ipswich to not only get Roy Keane, but someone of the calibre and the name of him. Definitely, and you know, he gave you your debut as an eighteen-year-old at Middlesbrough. You you started in this game. You didn't like just come on for the final ten minutes. You know, playing against Middlesbrough at the Riverside, twenty-one thousand fans have got their attendance up here. You know, you played the full ninety, won the game three-one. Uh, what what's your what's your memories of that game? Not what a, what a day for you as a a boyhood fan of the club, and you know, eighteen years of age playing against you know Middlesbrough. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, really, because that week, I think that's, I passed my test, uh, my driving yeah. test as well. So I think I think I passed my test on the Thursday morning, actually. And I went into, obviously, went straight into training after. And then I think it must have been like Friday morning. Obviously, got had a good pre-season. It was just like a bit surreal, really, because that's what, I was, like I said before, football can change so quickly, because I know that. That summer, he was looking to get a hold of midfielder in, and uh, for some reason or not, he couldn't get the the players or player he wanted in, and that's how I got my opportunity through pre-season games. Um, I done well in pre-season, then obviously getting whispered saying, "Oh, I reckon you're going to start at the weekend." And then obviously passing my driving test on the Thursday morning to find out that I'll be starting Saturday morning. So it's an incredible week for me personally, but so yeah. I think at the time I didn't really take it in too much. I was just thought, well, I'm only young, just give it my best go. And like I say, if I don't do well, then I'm only young. So hopefully I'll just have to keep working hard. But yeah, incredible really that obviously went there and got the, got the three points. And yeah, so hopefully I'll never really look back yeah. after that. Yeah. Which... Um... Which sort of first team players at the time helps you, you know, because you know you're going to Middlesbrough, a long way to go, um, and you know you as I said you were playing in pre season and played a few games, but you know we, we had some you know characters back then, you know Chuck, David Norris, you know John Walters, um, of course Tommy Smith was was playing as well. I think Jack Ainsley came off the bench yeah. as well, so there's a few other young players. I think even on the bench, you know Reggie Lamb, I think was making his debut as well. So uh, must have been good to have them young players, but also these senior pros. Yeah, it's always nice to have that that mix of uh, experience and youth, just for just to give you a bit of experience. But uh, like from the experience, lads, just to give a little bit of a give you the younger boys a bit of a talk. But at the same time, having younger lads around you who are in the same situation where you can kind of bounce off them. So yeah, as I say, it's always nice, and I think you always need that that mix of experience and youth. I want to I want to bring up a sort of a bad memory. Um... <laughs> Sorry to bring this up. Um, a red card. Um, this at an early age. This was against Reading. We lost the game one nil. Um, can you remember much about that? And I'm sure Roy, of course, you know he probably wasn't happy that you got sent off. But also, you know, young lad. Uh, you know, I can't. I can't remember myself. I don't know how the it was a yellow and a red as well. So, can you remember yeah. that? Uh, yeah, I can. I can remember quite well actually because, like I say, I think I got two bookings at the time and I couldn't believe it. Like I say, I've getting sent off in a, in a first team game I think we, were, we might have been drawing 0-0 at the time as well so the, the game weren't really going anywhere and obviously I think I heard them I went in the showers heard them score and I was just like oh my god yeah. can't believe it and then I was just bracing myself for the worst and the, the worst happened and I was only what 18, 19 at the time and uh, to put it lightly he, he weren't happy and uh, yeah, yeah a few names um, 
was being branded uh, my way. But like I say, it just it builds character at the end of the day. And like, so I just got to just man up in, in a certain degree and just take it on the chin and just try and improve, improve upon it, really. Yeah, of course, you you know, I think you play two more games after that under Roy. And then, of course, Roy um, got sacked and Paul Jewell came in. Uh, I want to quickly mention... One of Paul Jewell's first games, um, or I think it's the second game, of course, you're on the bench for the Arsenal um, game at the Emirates. You know, we had the 1 0 win against, you know, Thomas Priskin at Portman Road, and then you're on the bench, I think, for the Emirates. Can you remember much about those two games? Um, you know, being on the bench at the Emirates, I'm sure that was a, a massive experience. Yeah, so I think I was just coming back from a hamstring injury at the time, and I was obviously desperate, obviously having a new manager, I was desperate to get outside and try and impress. and not only that, but obviously I had a great opportunity of being in the, uh, I think it was Carlin Cup at the time and having the opportunity to go to the Emirates. So I was obviously just obviously doing everything I can just to get fit and then hopefully like be involved. And like I say, luckily enough, I was on the bench, didn't get on. But like I say, it was a, it was a really, really good experience to be able to like watch firsthand of, say, a top quality team, or like a premiership team like Arsenal, um, just being involved with it, so it was it was a it was a nice uh, nice touch to be involved in it, with it all. Can you remember much about you know about your reaction when you know Roy got sacked and because at the time it we were struggling and stuff like that and you know he gave you your chance you played a few games under him and you know when a new manager comes in you think oh am I not going to be this manager's man you know you only played a few times under Paul any anyway but can you remember much about that time? Yeah, so it's, it's never nice when a, a manager loses his job and I thought um, managers are always going to have their, their ideal uh, players or they're going to have, you can have like favouritism or like players who they're not really interested in. So like say, I knew that I had I played a few games under him, which was nice, but then like I say, at the same time, if a new manager comes in, you need to impress and it gives everyone an opportunity to to kick on so just part and parcel of it really then um you know the, the Paul Jewell's first full season you know you played I think 10 games which um you're still young at this stage so you're probably thinking you know I'm, I'm happy that I've been able to play a few games already in my town career uh, one game I want to sort of bring up who we recently had the anniversary of um I think it was it was yesterday the West Ham game the 5-1 at Portman Road where you know Jet was just unbelievable, um, and we won that game against you know West Ham. Of course, we're um, a top team. You know, what's your memories of that uh, under lights of Portland Road as well? Yeah, it was say like I think that's when we started coming into a little bit of form as well. Then I think uh, we had a, I think we won four or five games on the bounce, and obviously playing against West Ham and beating them five one, say was an unbelievable result at the time. And um, funny enough, like one of my best mates is a West Ham fan, and he was at the game and. Um, I remember he said that he left a bit early and uh, actually, funny enough, I spoke to him yesterday about that game because I was just seeing it pop up on Twitter. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a good time. I think, you know, like I say, we were in a good vein of form and to play against West Ham, I think we're potentially near the top of the league and have such a good result was, uh, yeah, it was very good. You know, at, at, at that time, we had a lot of, you know, lone players, a lot of just people who weren't going to be here that, for that long. But for you as a young player, did you feel like you were going to get a chance at some point? You know, you're still young and, 
you know, who sort of helped you, gave you advice back then in terms of, you know, some of the senior pros? Because we're getting a lot of experienced players in, but is anyone that stand out for you? Um, not that I can recall, no. As I say, it's just like, I'd say I'm very, like, motivated and determined person. But like I say, at the same time, when, you, when you're not in the team and say you're not playing very well, you're not on the best of form, like, you say you your confidence can drop and you kind of like doubt yourself. But at the same time, I think I, meant, I remember when I, I weren't in the team and I think he did say to me at one point, he was like, yeah, um, I reckon we're going to let you go, but say the door's never um, never closed. And I think I was going to go to Yeovil at the time um, just to train there, just to, with an option maybe if I could get a few games there. But I remember I think I had the I had a few days off over Christmas because obviously I weren't involved and I thought, oh, well, if I'm going to go somewhere else in the second half of the season, like if I just train somewhere and just try and press or, or just try and keep my fitness up. And I remember just doing some running on my own um, at the park around the, around the corner, just thinking like I need to just keep motivated, keep my fitness levels up. And like I say, things can change so quickly in football. So one minute you can be sky high and then two games later you can be right down at the bottom and like say one minute you can be out of the team and not in favour and then a few games later you you say one or two good games and then you're back in the team again so I just think you've got to always stay level-headed and like I said I think that's what helped me is I was a very determined and motivated person maybe like talented wise I weren't the best so there's a lot more talented players than me but like I say there's a lot more to football than just being talented and you have to have that motivation and drive. Definitely. And of course, you know, we, we started the 2012-13 season, some mixed results. And of course, Paul got got the sack and, you know, big Mick McCarthy comes in. Um, can you remember when that, that happened? And once again, you now got gone through another manager and thinking, OK, let's see if he, he likes me and will he, will he play me? Yeah, say so like obviously at a young age, like just to experience new like new managers coming in is always good. And I just remember when Mick first came in, he just said like, "All I ask for is people to give one hundred and ten percent effort. I just want work rate." He said, "I can deal with people making mistakes, but I can't deal with people not working hard." And I thought to myself, "Well, that's me. I I like run through brick walls for people. I'll, I'll give one hundred and ten percent no matter what." And so I thought he's my ideal manager so I thought yeah hopefully if I just keep my head down just work hard and just see see where that takes me of course you know Mick you know the first few games were were mixed and I think your your first game under Mick I think I've got it right here was a 6-0 defeat at Leicester (laughs) that was not a good day was it Um, (laughs) yeah I remember coming on actually that game yeah well yeah it weren't it weren't yeah I good at all but it just showed where we were at the time. We were low on confidence, and football's a um, is massive on confidence. So if you you can be the best player, but if you're low on confidence, then like I say, it's hard. And when you're losing football games, but losing football games in that sort of way, it's only going to damage your confidence. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure your confidence went up because you then I think. I think a few games later, you scored your first goal for the club in you know win against Forest uh, at Portman Road. Can you remember much from that goal? And you know probably that was one of your goals now checked off your list about scoring a professional professional goal. 
Yeah, so I think that was both, might be my first start under Mick. Um, I think I remember I put in a proper crunch and tackle like first, like early on. I think I play I was playing with a dead leg, but because you want to impress and you're young, you just carry on and like you forget about it. But like I say, yeah, it's a surreal moment to to score a goal and to win the game as well, which it makes it more pleasing. Definitely, and I want I want to mention one player because you were playing in the midfield with Goran Andor, who was it was a very random loan signing that Paul Jewell brought in. But you know you played in the middle of the park with him, and he was you know a a big player in that midfield. Um, can you remember much about him and his your interactions with him? Um, yeah, so he didn't speak um, the best of English, yeah. but like I say, he, he he was very effective in in what he'd done, and like I say, I think that season. That was a bit surreal because I think there were so many teams who could get could have got relegated. And like I say, you, you thought you you might have won one weekend and then like everyone around you won and then like you you lost one weekend and everyone lost around you. But like say so it was a bit bit of a strange season. But like yeah, so I thought it was just a bit of a strange one. We got thrown in there together and I feel like we done pretty well. Just saying, just sometimes you you blend with. It's just like it's natural, but you just blend with uh, different types of players, and it just suited both of us really at, at the time. Definitely, and I just want to bring up you know, you played a lot of games under Mick in his first season, and um, that must have been good for you now. Now, getting regular game time at town, and there's one game I want to bring up it was um, in the FA Cup against Aston Villa, we lost the game, but another experience for you as, as a young player to be playing at Villa Park in front of all these massive crowds. You know, we're playing against some big names. You know, you mentioned Darren Bent earlier. He was playing this game. You know, Fabian Delph um, and some other, you know, top players. Uh, I think Abonna Hall came off the bench and stuff like that. And Shea given in goal. Um, what's your memories of that game? Unfortunately, we lost the game 2-1. I think Tommy was the captain for that game as well. So, yeah. it, must be, it was great. I spoke to him for the podcast as well. And he said, you know, I think that was an honour for him because you went on the captain the club as well at some point, didn't you, against Portsmouth in the FA Cup, unfortunately, yeah. on the losing side. But another good experience. Yeah, so you, you always want to play play against the the best teams around and the best stadiums, and so it was just just like, like I say, you just want to get as much experience as possible. And like I say, it was it it was a good moment for me just to play at Villa Park, such a iconic stadium, and like I say, just getting more experience and just like yeah, just trying to improve. Game upon game, I'd say. Then, um, then of course, Mick's first full season in charge. Um, you went on to play thirty-eight games, so you pretty much you are in his regular plans. Did sort of Mick tell you that, um, you know, he he was gonna rely on you because you're, you know, of course, one of the youth products, and you know, a player that is not because Mick loves these sort of players. You get into tackles and, you know, don't don't matter who if they hurt themselves or hurt another player. You know, of course, you're not going to go out there to hurt someone, but, you know, you're happy to get into tackles and, you know, dig in deep. Yeah, so he kind of, like, suited me. So, he's, so I always say football can change so quickly and it could have been another manager who didn't like me and say your, your career can take a completely different path. And, like I say, luckily enough for me, obviously... Um, I played quite a few games under Mick and I always said that whatever I do, I'll always give 110% effort. And I think that's all, all you can, that's the very minimum you can ask from a player. And like I say, that's that's one of the things I'd always try and do. Yeah. 
There's um there's one game in that season. Uh, there's two games actually. There's uh, the first game I want to bring up is a game I remember I was in in the crowd for, and I just was like thinking, what is going on? I think we were four one up at half time. Is the derby game when we drew four four, um, and that was just. I couldn't believe what I was seeing when Derby got when it made a four four. You know, of course you played the four ninety. I'm sure, you know, at half time, you know, Mick was going, you know, well done lads, and then at full time, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we were. I think we were four one up at half time, yeah. and thinking, yeah, cool, we've got this. And then out of out of nowhere, they've just scored three goals. I think we've only end up hanging on to a point. So. Yeah, so it's just like I say, going through them sort of games, we just need to you know, have better management of them. And but then like I say, I think we had we played Derby away the season before, and I think they absolutely battered us. And I think Carlos uh, Edwards scored like a last minute yeah. winner. And like I say, we should, we should never have won that game. But like I say, football's a funny old game, and like anything can happen. Yeah, but um. Then you scored your, you know, your second goal for the club um, against Blackburn. Another three-one win um, at Portman Road under lights this time. Uh, must have been good to, you know, I'm sure you you always wanted to try to score goals, but um, you know, it must have been good to have another goal to to your name. Yeah, I think like maybe weren't, I weren't on the best of form at the time as well, and I just thought I just need to get confidence up. And like I say, I think remember saying that saying to myself at that time, I needed that goal just to kind of get my confidence up and like kick kick on like getting your stats up say I went obviously um, that sort of midfield where I'm going to get assists and goals but like I say it's, it's always nice to chip in and try and improve your game in whatever way you can so I mean, yeah just thinking at the time that I was really really like more relieved I think at the time to, to get that goal just to give me that little confidence boost definitely and of course, you know the following season. You know the season we got into the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, you, you know you missed um, the end of that with injuries. But you know, did you feel going into that season? I've spoken to a few players who were part of that. You know that team. I've spoken to Jay Tab and Christoph Bera. Unfortunately, you know Bera with the with the red card in the second leg. But um, did you just feel Mick had built his team? Now this is his, I think, second full season in charge. And do you feel like going into that this season, something maybe? Because I think we just missed out in the playoffs the previous season. Do you feel like there could be something happening here? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like I think Mick always brought in players with the right character more than the talent. And like I say, whatever player he brought in would always um, mix well with the group of players we had. And I think say never. I think didn't have any like bad eggs among the group. Where I think. In clubs, you can have that odd, odd one or two bad eggs, and it can like kind of ruin the makeup of the team. But like I say, I think we had such a good team spirit, and I think everyone was pushing in the right direction. I think everyone, everyone trusted Mick and uh, Terry and what they were doing, and like I say, that's huge respect for the pair. Um, I think that's all you need in in a manager. Really, is just your management skills, and I think everyone would would have ran through brick walls for Mick. Um, so that's why I think we had such good success, and I think at the at the time I think uh, Didzy and Murph were were both unplayable. I think at the time, which helped massively. I think if you got a, if you got a couple of good uh, forward players who were scoring goals and playing really well, and then with a very solid defence with uh, Chambo, Tommy, uh, Berra, I think it was a crazy or Jonas at the time. Um, so as I say, we had such a good platform to kind of 
kick on with our defence and and going forward, I think yeah, it was, it was exciting times. Um, exciting times ahead, I'd say, and it's just unfortunate that we um, we had to lose to Norwich in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's the worst sort of thing. Really, like you know, we hate losing in the derby, and you know we haven't beaten them for now ten plus years, which is not not great. Um, you know, I, I want to quickly bring up a few. You know, I don't think you played in many derby games because, of course, Norwich were yo-yoing through the Premier League Championship and stuff. But um, the games you did play in the derbies, I'm sure that was always a game you always look forward to. I think you did play in the the game where you know Chambers scored a late winner, and then they equalised um, I'm sure that was just heart-wrenching you know for, for the players you know we thought we're just we're finally beating them and then they go and bloody score an equaliser yeah yeah I literally so good I, uh, it was horrible to be honest just especially thinking oh, we've done it we've, we've scored obviously I think it was like five or ten minutes to go and then for them to go up the other end and score the last few a uh, few minutes of the game, so it's, it's uh, gut wrenching, really. But like, I was just as a as a young boy, not just to play for Ipswich, but to play in a derby. I think I played in uh, I can't remember what season it was, but I think I played in the home match, and I just remember I was just so wanting to play in that game, and I'd have done anything to play in that game, and then obviously to know that I was I was starting. I was, I was getting myself a bit worked up. I think maybe the the day or night before, but yeah, as like I say, it's just like ticking off them them goals and them dreams, which I was very fortunate to do, and to to not only play for Ipswich but to play in a derby against Norwich, and then to uh, captain. Say so they're all the dreams that um, I could, I could only imagine when I was a young boy. Definitely, and I want to. Bring up your final goal for the club um, against Wigan live on Sky uh, Monday night football. Um, a two-one win. Connor Salmon scored the other goal. Um, no respect to both of you. Probably you know the, the only time we'll probably see two of these players scoring. Um, but it must have been good to live on Sky. I'm sure family and friends were watching um, and just yeah to get a win against Wigan as well because they I think just been relegated from the Premier League. I think at that point as well. Yeah, it was a nice moment. Not. Not only to obviously get a goal, but um, to get man of the match on yeah. on Sky. Like I say, it's just a it's a it's a nice touch. But like I say, it's any other game. It's just you you want to get those three points and you to do whatever you can to to help the team out. And uh, like I say, it's just like a icing on the cake that was on live on Sky as well. And like I say, I've still got the man of the match trophy, which I always look back at with uh, fond memories. Definitely, and. Uh... Of course, you know, second half of that season, injuries hit. Um, you, you know, you started the year, I think you played in the, the cup games against Southampton. Um, and that was the last game you played, the game against Southampton at Portman Road, which we lost 1-0, unfortunately. Um, of course, injuries hit you. Um, I'm sure that must have been a frustrating time. You know, was that the first time you properly had like a, a long-term injury? You know, of course, you know, you've, you said you had them hamstring injuries here and there, but this was the first one where you had to unfortunately miss the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's that's literally that's when it all started. I remember that game so well. Obviously, I think Wanyama just fell on my knee, and I eventually having to have surgery on my right knee. Which, yeah, like I say, it's just part and parcel of football, and that's obviously where all my injuries started to come from. And like I say, when I was a young, when I was younger, apart from that, the odd little knock, 
didn't have any injuries and I, I do do think as soon as you have that one serious injury in football, it is such a hard thing to come back from because you're always playing catch-up and especially if you're missing a pre-season, you're playing catch-up and that's what I felt in the end really is that I did get back and they say it's just with, with my body, it just kind of like gave up on me in a certain degree the older I got, I think I come back and then like say you get that another serious injury and it's just it's just that snowball effect and you you you're doing your best you can to to like rehab and get your your body in that right physical condition. Say without playing games consistently it's hard to then retrain your body to do it and say it's just it is obviously guttering but at the same time it's just part and parcel of football and you can't have any regrets about it. Yeah. Do you remember much about um, you know, the playoff games against Norwich? I'm sure you were in the stands um, watching and you know wishing you'd been playing in these games. I'm sure you know were you in the ground for the Paul Anderson goal? You know that probably the loudest we've heard Portman Road for for a long time. Unfortunately, you know it didn't really matter in the end, but it was a, a fantastic moment. Um, can you remember much from that? Yeah, so I remember going to both the games and watching them. So just being, obviously at the same time, I was glad not to be involved in them, but at the same time, just wishing the boys all the best and just hoping for the best. And so the atmospheres were were incredible. And it'd be nice to, to see the atmosphere when the fans can come back in and to be like that again. And hopefully the, the team can uh, get promoted sooner rather than later. Yeah, of course, well, um, we'll get into that later on. But, um, of course, you then returned from injury and you got loaned out to, to Rotherham. Um, I'm sure that was a time where you just wanted to get some game time. Mick went, go and get some game time. And that must have been a, a weird experience for you. You've been at the club for so long. Now going to another club on loan, your first experience of, you know, going to a different club, being around different players and coaches. You know, what was that like? You know, I think you only played, you know, I think five games or something like that, but still a, a different experience for you. Yeah, so it's all uh, into the unknown for me. Like I say, I've, I've been here since the age of 11. I've never played for anyone else. But to then go to a completely different team and then kind of go up north, it was a, it was a big change for me. And like I say, it was a big shock, I think, the first week when I was there. But like I say, I'm so glad I've done it because it gave you gave me that experience, even though it was only for a month, of just seeing somewhere else and at the same time appreciating Ipswich as, as a club a lot more and like the facilities and I, I do think there's like young lads if you're at them top teams with like the highest facilities it is such a big drop when you go down to League 2 League 1 where them clubs have not got them facilities as the same as the, the top boys and I say it is hard but like I say I, I really enjoyed my time at Rotherham and it, it was a, a massive uh, learning curve and massive experience for me as a person not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. Definitely. And, of course, you know, you, you came back and you you played a few more times for town that, that season. Um, of course, you know, I mentioned earlier, captain the club against Portsmouth. Um, unfortunately, we lost the game 2-1. But um, what was your... Can you remember when Mick told you that you are going to be captain? Yeah, I was... Um, obviously, I knew we had a, a weakened team, so I thought, well, I might have half a chance of even being captain here. But so then when he said to say that, oh, yeah, I'm going to be captain today, it was like, a, I'd, I'd say it's maybe one of the proudest moments of my footballing career to say, to play for it, switch, but to captain him is like, a, I think it's a bit of a different kettle of fish and 
say I was very honoured and privileged to, to be able to do it. Definitely. And oh, I'm sorry to bring this up, but I'm sure you were prepared for me to bring this up. Of course, going to bring up the the red card against Brentford, Alan Judge. You know, he's now, of course, at the club. Um, you know, now been playing for the last couple of seasons. Uh, of course, not not a good memory for you. Um, and have a red card to, to add to your list. Um, of course, of course, Alan Judge, of course, suffered a very serious injury, unfortunately. Um, but what's your memories of that? You know, not 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 a great tackle, but of course you're not not you aren't aiming to to hurt him. You're just going into tackle trying to win the ball. Yeah, so he, obviously it's not not great memories. So I've got I've got a lot of stick off the the back end of it, and it's the last thing I'd ever want to do is is hurt a professional. Like I say, I've uh, dealt with a, a lot of injuries in my time, and it's never nice. And I did I found it difficult while playing that obviously what happened, and obviously I was. Um, very sorry for the the situation. Like I say, I, I'm someone who will always try and get stuck in, but at the same time, be as fair as I can in, in the tackle. And unfortunately, the situation occurred and say it weren't a great memory, but like I say, I've got to kind of learn from those and it just makes me stronger as, as a person. Of course, um, you know, the following season, you know, you weren't able to play until, until January, you know, once again, have an injury. I think you had another operation, um, I think. Um, must have been frustrating for yourself. You know, you're now at an age where you, of course, like anybody, I think you were 26, 27, you want to be playing week in, week out. And unfortunately, injury stopped you to do that. Um, did you at any point felt like, am I ever going to play again? Um, yeah, like I say, I think like any player, when you have, the, when you have a couple of bad injuries, you always doubt yourself and find it difficult. Um Every footballer wants to play football and the last thing you want to do is be stuck in the treatment room. And like I say, it's, it's, like, it's heartaching really and seeing all the lads go up training while you're stuck inside. And like I say, I found it very difficult, just like any other player. And at the same time, you just got to try and keep your head down and work hard as hard as you, you possibly can. And that's one thing I've always felt I've done is work as hard as I can to to get myself the best possible chance of uh, getting back fit. And like I say, regardless of the amount of injuries I've had, I, I can still say to myself that I gave it maximum effort to, to do the best I can. So I can't really look back and regret on, on anything. Yeah, it must have been, must have been hard because you missed one entire season. I'm sure that was hard to... You know, sure, you always wanted to be there for your teammates, but being in the treatment room and you know which sort of players helped you, you know, during that during that time. I'm sure you know once again we had some so many different characters. You know, Chambers, you know, is a massive character and stuff. I'm sure he helped you, and other players did help you. But um, who sort of stood out for you to help you during that tough time? Um, yeah, like so with with Chambo and Scusi, like that's two of the best professionals I think I've ever played with. Uh, Chamber of Outdale was the, the best captain I've ever seen. Like him and him and Scusi kind of like run the dressing room in terms of like how they just keep the morale high and they they're both very like bubbly characters. But also with like Tommy Smith, who's one of my best mates, I literally live around the corner from him. He's he's always there for me and in terms of the the hard times, which say he helped me out massively. I think at the time as well he had. Uh, He's a back operation, so we done a bit of rehab together as well, which which helped as well. Because, like I say, when you do it on your own, it's hard, but when you've got someone there to do it with you, it does make it 
um, less difficult, should I say. Definitely. And what um, I'm sure that was a relief for you when you came back. I think your first game back was against uh, Fulham, um, a 4-1 defeat. I think that was Tommy's last game for town as well. Uh, I think Jordan Spence got sent off in that game. But I know, I think you came on for the final eight minutes. I think at that time we were 4-1 down. But it must have been a relief for you to be back on the pitch and uh, hopefully going to be kicking on. Yeah, so like any player, the the happiest is when you when you're on the pitch. Obviously, ideally, you want to be winning football games, but I think once you've been out for such a long period of time, it's, you just want to be back out on the pitch, regardless of whatever happens. So, um, yeah, it's, it is a massive relief to think that you're you're back out on the pitch, but then say the the hard work doesn't stop. You kind of you got to build upon it and uh, not look back. Yeah. And of course, you know, I think you went on to play 17 more times that, that, that season. And of course, during that time, Mick, you know, left. And uh, of course, Brian Klug was put in charge as caretaker. What was your reaction when, you know, when Mick um, basically walked or got the sack or whatever it was? Um, you know, manager's been there for you for the last few years. And, uh, you know, for us as, you know, town fans, it's been five years, him being in charge. And now we haven't got him. Yeah, it was... Yeah, guard really. To be honest, because I think I, I spoke to Mick um, like back end of the season, and obviously I was out of contract at the time. And he said, "Look, if I'm if I'm here at the at, um, next season, then I, I'd I'd want to keep you." So I was, I was I was obviously happy, but then obviously then I think it was a few weeks later they announced that he was leaving. So then like obviously my situation changed. Um, but yeah, say on the whole, just it guttering really because. I think I speak for everyone at the club. At the time, I think there was there was a few uh, tears shed from yeah. a few of the staff when he left, which is like it's kind of a bit unheard of, really, that if a manager leaves and got, I see you see a staff member actually crying because the manager's leaving, and then I think he put some drinks on for all the uh, players and staff, which you you never see. Do you know what I mean when a manager's leaving that he kind of gets a bit of a and not say everyone turned up for some drinks and stuff like that, which was a nice touch from him. But then it just shows you the the type of person he was, which was so respected throughout, not just football, but everyone at the club held him in such high regards. And he was just such, him and Terry were such a good people rather than just a good coach and a, and a good manager. Um but yeah, so it was just going and like, I thought, thought obviously we, we'd we want to do better and we wanted to get promoted. But at the same time, I think he'd done such a good job. But I think everyone found it such an enjoyable environment to work upon, work in. But at the same time, it did get a bit, bit sour between the fans and the atmosphere between the fans and that weren't, weren't great. So then I think the owner just felt like a change needed to be made. Yeah, because of course it got announced that you know he was going to leave at the end of the season, but then he left after the Barnsley game. I think you're on the bench for that game. Um, can you remember much about you know what Mick sort of? I know that's more more for you guys in the dressing room, but I'm sure that was an emotional night as well. You know, getting told, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm walking after this game, and you know, I'm sure that was a hard hard thing to take. Yeah, but then we kind of understood yeah. the reasons why because I think he was getting a lot of stick at the time and like I say, I think we were safe and there was only a few games to go so 
I think it was it worked in favour for all parties, and obviously um, Brian took over for the last couple of games. Um, so yeah, like I say, it's not it's not nice how it how it turned out, and I think he deserved a lot more credit than than what he got, to be honest. So, but yeah, it's just it's football for you. Definitely, you know, a small world sometimes. Um, of course, you know your your final game for Town was against Borough. Um, a two two draw, the final game of the season. I think you came off the bench. Did you did you know there wasn't going to be a contract there for you, and you know this will be your last game for Town? Um, no, like like I said, just said before, like obviously if Mick was still there, then um, he said he would like to keep me, but then it was down to the owner in the end because obviously there weren't a manager, and then had a had a phone call from uh, Marcus and just said that um, yeah, they're not looking to renew my contract, and uh, I think they were just. I think a few players left that summer. And I think I think it was just like with new manager go it, um, the manager going and having a new manager in. They were just kind of going for like a little, bit more of a fresh fresh start, which I completely understood. And <clears throat> like I say, it's part and parcel of football. That's the, I think I'm very fortunate that I come to a point when I was 26, and that was the the first time I've actually got rejected, which which is like I say is, is a bit unheard of. And it was it was a, a very new thing for me. Say it was upsetting because then realizing that my long time at Ipswich has come to an end, but at the same time, there's a new challenge around the corner. Yeah. I'm sure you were trying to hope to get to ten years so you get a testimonial. Unfortunately, that that didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> um, it must have been a, a different feeling for you now being a free agent. You know, without a club, I'm sure you you know went and you know had your holiday and then you're you're thinking okay where am I going to go you know did you have a few options or did you have to do what a lot of players have to do unfortunately go on trial and find that club of course you ended up at self end but um what what were you thinking back then um so yeah it was, a, it was a new situation for me so I was just trying to stay as open minded as as possible and trying to stay as relaxed as possible and not be too uh, I'd say stressed about it um but like I say I think I've, I've spoken to lads before and they've said this. It's, it's not that good being a free agent because it is it's a hard time. And I, I did find it, and I, I think I was I was very lucky at the time because there were, I didn't really speak to many clubs, and I always said I don't really want to start going on trials to places ideally. But like I say, sometimes you can have to do it. But I think um, I think Chris Powell at the time, who was manager at Southend, spoke to Terry Connor, and Terry Connor put in a really good word for me so then there was interest there and I think I had a bit of interest like up north but like there was nothing really to be honest and like I say it was it was hard and luckily I think South End had shown a, a lot of interest and um, I've say so I had a lot of respect for Chris Powell at the time and he's, I think he's been a very good manager and he's, he's a very good uh, person as, as well um, and then like I say they offered me a contract and I thought at the time I've seen a lot of players who have rejected contracts and then kind of found it really hard. I thought, I just need to get back into football as soon as possible. And I think it was like maybe the first day when people started going back to pre-season and I hadn't got a club and I was like, I felt a bit bit weird. So I was like, I need to sign, I need to sign because he was really interested and wanted to be down there. And So, yeah, I ended up signing for South End. Were you... Um... Were you thinking about, you know, of course, location as well? You know, I'm sure at the time you're you're settled. Of course, you're a, a Suffolk boy. I'm sure, you know, you're always opened about going 
anywhere across the country, but were you hoping that you can find a club nearby, you know, near the family and stuff? I'm sure it is, it is tough to um, move away. To be honest, when I was always younger, I said that I wouldn't want to move too far, but then I think the older I got, the real, I think I thought, well, it's a new experience, and I, I did say to myself that if it is up north, then I'll go for it, but it's just, it's just funny how things work and like South End were the only team who kind of shown a, a concrete interest into me, like early doors. And I thought, well, yeah, then like geographically it made a lot of sense at the time. And, but I think the club were with Chris Powell in charge, who's is in high regards um, in the footballing world. Um, they had a, a really good manager and I thought, yeah, I thought it would be the right decision to go there. So, um, of course, at the time of self end, you know, you played a few times for them, but unfortunately injuries came back and, you know, I think your final game for self end was against Sunderland on no- in November uh, 2019 and, uh, you know, you got released in the, in the summer during the weirdest time ever, COVID. Uh, you know, what, what was going on in terms of injuries with you? Um, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm basically have retired now just through injury, unfortunately. Um, obviously I'm gutted about it but at the same time we just got to kind of um, look to the future and uh, not dwell on the past really so just trying to um, do some qualifications into personal training which I'd like to do if possible but I'm struggling with, with my back at the moment but um, I'm hoping to get it sorted as soon as possible ideally and just see what the future holds for me Definitely. Was that was that a hard decision to make? You know, you've always wanted to be a footballer. You know, you've of course done your dream playing for the club, and is it a decision that you had to really think about? And you know, you've got to think of your health first because sometimes some people think you know footballers are robots, but at the end of the day, you are a human being, and you know, you've got to think of your future health and stuff like that. And you know that that's what you've got to think about. Yeah, so you kind of take out my own hands, really, because I literally I won't, I wouldn't be able to do it. So it's not exactly something where I could contemplate. So I knew I, I, I couldn't physically do it. So then, like I say, it takes it out of your your own hands, which isn't nice. But at the end of the day, you've got to kind of look back and think, well, I've, I've achieved my dream. Not only being a professional footballer, but um, playing for my boyhood club, which there's not many people who can say that they've played for the team they supported as they grew up you know before we wrap up the, the chat and stuff like that you know of course current times we won't go into what's going on that town at the moment i'm sure you know you're still a fan uh thick and through but you know for you yeah your, your highest moments of your career you know what stands out what's your your best moment um just like i say what i like i can really remember is obviously my debut then the times when I, um, I played in the, the derbies and then captain Ipswich is is my high is my highlight of my my career and and my and will be the highlight of or one of the highlights of my life because like I say it's a it's a dream I I wanted as a kid and to play for your your boyhood club is like I say it's, it's it's an unbelievable feeling and I'm very fortunate and privileged to be able to do that because I know that a lot of people would would love to be in the situation. I was in and like I say I definitely don't take it for granted definitely and during your career did you 
ever collect shirts? I know that that's a, a thing that a lot of players do. You know, I'm sure you've played against some, you know, massive players during your career, definitely in the championship. You know, is any standout ones? Did you collect shirts? I didn't actually, to be honest. Like I said, I've, I've got two shirts which I've got, which is one from Tommy, who's one of my best yeah. mates. I've got one of his New, New Zealand shirts, and I've got uh, one from Dids, who I'd say is like one of the best players I've played with. So I'm going to say I weren't someone to actually collect shirts, really, to be honest. But I've obviously got all my old shirts, and some of the some of them are signed, so which would be a memorabilia for me. Do you um? Would you say now, you, you know, when when we are allowed to go back, you know, will you now go probably regular to town games again now, as you're not you're not playing, and um, I'm sure the club will, you know, welcome you back with open arms and stuff when we are allowed back in the stadium, and you know, you looking forward to that? Yeah, I'd love to. Like I say, we're dealing with the injuries. You, you fall out of love with the game a little bit in the certain situations I've been in, just through the injuries, and like I say, it's 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 a hard and tough industry to be in. Um, so kind of like taking a little break from football to kind of find my love for it again. And like I said, I'd, I'd love to go back to Ipswich and then, and not be a, be a proper fan again. So I've got all my, my friends and my family are mad Ipswich Town fans and they've got season tickets. So yeah, it'd be nice to, to cheer the boys on again. Yeah. Yeah, we um, of course won't talk about the current state of affairs. Uh, so I'm sure you know you're still very friendly with a lot of the players who are part of the squad. But um, you know, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Um, I hope that you get promoted soon. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be nice. Yeah, so I just wanna. It'll be good to for not just the lads and the staff and everyone connected with Ipswich, but obviously for the fans and and the, the town itself that. There's some more good times ahead. From true crime to football, Brexit to Hopeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. channel